0: Chicka wow wow Chicka chicka, 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 chicka wow remix because I'm going fucking nuts. Uh, I am honestly going nuts, you guys. I just finished cleaning the toilet because that is what my Saturday is like now. Sean is hooking up our washing machine because I'm gonna be pushing a human out of me within the next three weeks and we need something to wash our clothes in because I'm germaphobe and I don't trust communal washing machines. Yeah, I said it. I don't like other people's grubby hands all over shit that I am going to be putting on my private parts. So, I don't know if they touch it, but I you know me, I think of the worst of everybody even before corona. <laughs> Anyways, um today Alex isn't with me today, but uh we're probably going to do our regular show tomorrow. I have a very very special guest Straight from the Pentagon, the Ministry of Health, and the LCBO because, you know, we need to drink in this uh, crazy time of the health crisis and the government taking over. I don't know how I got this guy. I don't know how lucky, how lucky I am to. Wait, I can't even fucking think anymore. I can't. He's laughing at me. Oh, my God. I could hear him. Anyways, uh, I don't know how how I got so lucky. They're the word combination that my mouth little. Anyways, yeah, I need to have coffee. I haven't had coffee in 10 fucking months. I haven't had alcohol in 10 months. I haven't had marijuana in basically 10 months. Um, Yeah, you guys, uh, this is me sober. So you can see why I need to smoke weed because it makes my brain sane. <laughs> Wait, that actually works. Marijuana makes your brain sane. Without it, you go insane. Oh, it just made me think about Serenity now. Oh, that makes me sad. Jerry Stiller, who I don't know if you guys know... Ben Stiller's dad, who played George Costanza's father, and then um, Leah Remini's father in The King of Queens passed away, like, this week or a week ago. I'm losing track of days. But, yeah, Serenity now and Sanity later. And, you know, the whole Festivus for the rest of us, that was him, too. R.I.P. Jerry. And R.I.P. Little Richard. Like, I don't want to start with this shit. Anyways, Alan, Alan, help me out, because I'm just digging my own fucking hole here. Like,
1: Lee, I, thank, thank you so much for the most stirring introduction I think I've ever had in my entire life. You're
0: <laughs> welcome. Alan Lyons, everybody. I didn't mention his full name, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, he's a Leo. No, but he's a lion. He's not lying <laughs> to us, hopefully. It's actually even
1: more confusing. I'm a Gemini, <laughs> so maybe I'm, I'm two Leos. I don't know.
0: You know what? My baby might be a Gemini, so you might be getting me started on what to expect when I'm expecting Oh, Zing. twins, <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> one
1: way, one way or another.
0: I'm telling you, I'm an Aries. Sean's a Taurus, so I'm gonna have one batshit crazy baby.
1: <laughs> and Gemini to that mix. I wow, know. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I'm You'll gonna have more gray hair me.
0: than uh, than George Clooney did when he was 31.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, but that works for him, right?
0: Yeah, but it probably won't work for me because I'm, you know, a woman under 40.
1: Uh, Hey, well, you know the good news is you can do something about that if you really want.
0: I haven't dyed my hair since I was like in uh, in my early twenties when I no, it was I think I was nineteen the last time I dyed my hair. I dyed it black because I had like all those crazy highlights that everyone was doing, and then I'm like, "Fuck this! I'm over the highlight thing" because it was just getting really expensive for my hair. And I dyed it black, and literally that week was when that whole black hair trend started. So everyone. Yeah, everyone started to right. dye their hair, like, black-blue, black-purple, black-green. I'm like, you motherfuckers, I started this shit.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, look at the trend he set. It's too bad you couldn't find a way to make money off it.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I start all these trends, I just can't figure out how to, com- uh, you know, monetize them.
1: Yeah, hey, I can't believe I got you beat on this one, but the last time I got my hair dyed was when I was in my 20s.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, what? there's what? a great... Yeah, you know, there's a great story on that one. I used to go to a. I used to be a poor student back then, right? So I had a, a buddy of mine, and I and we were desperate to get each other in one way or another. So we decided to make a bet on the Super Bowl. Oh God! And so we said, "Well, how much are we going to bet?" And he's like, "Well, I don't have any money." And I'm like, I don't have any money. And so we're like, "Okay, well, how about the winner of the bet gets to shave the loser of the bet's head?" And he says, "No, no, no. Let's up the stakes. Let's make the winner of the bet gets to die the loser of the." that's head oh my god so sure enough i lost the first year and i had to walk around campus with fuchsia colored hair
0: i was gonna say what color pink did he choose
1: oh Cause... you nailed it you <laughs> nailed it oh it was definitely a hot pink oh wow you could just see me looking flamboyant everywhere i go and hey I, I have to say it turned heads
0: you know what if your mascot was a flamingo you would have just been perfect
1: <laughs> right in on that every day absolutely
0: it would have been great Oh, Oh my God. No, I honestly, the first time I dyed my hair was I I dyed it burgundy and the last time I dyed it black. So I went from bleaching and then red to just saying fuck it and then black. And then all of a sudden, you know, the well, I had like blonde underneath and everything. And I just did it by myself, like, you know, box color. And uh, it was funny because. I didn't realize, you know, the blonde underneath is going to start washing out. So I even had the next big trend. I had the auburn hair, which is, like, the multicolored hair almost. Like, it just fades into a lighter color. Yeah, I oh, had wow. that first, too.
1: Oh, wow. Your hairdresser must have loved you.
0: Oh, honestly, my hairdresser, lucky for me, was my cousin at that point. So she was just uh, like, what are you doing? Like, I had she that. Have. Well, she I Well, the first time I did it. No, I'm telling you, it was hilarious because the first time she dyed my hair, I had that huge condom on my head where they had to pull your hair out <laughs> and to, like, dye it. So it was just like, okay, this is going to be interesting. I'm like, how much hair are you actually going to pull out of my scalp for this? But, oh, uh, damn. Yes,
1: pot uh, oil treatment necessary.
0: Oh, no. I'm telling you, like, no more, no more hair stuff for, for a while. Let's hope I don't have to dye my hair for a minute. I have okay, my braids. Okay, are going natural. Well, no, I I'm telling you, I have my grays, but I sharpie them. That's my secret. I sharpie <laughs> my grays.
1: Yeah, I kind of have a bald spot, and I spray painted.
0: Nice. What is that called? Yeah. A, a beige, a beige, or something like that. You know that. Thing... I
1: actually was just joking around. I've never done it, but you know what? Maybe someday I'll have to go down that path.
0: <laughs> oh God. Oh, it's called Beijing or something like that, where like they spray the can and it, like. Sticks to whatever hair follicles you might have on your head, and then. Just... Uh, how,
1: how do you get your right hair color? Is it like when you walk into a paint store and say, "Oh, I need a color that looks like this"? Like, do you do the same thing for this stuff?
0: I I, I have no idea, but I'd, I'm pretty sure it's like the same thing as Home Depot. You bring in a sample, and they go <sighs> color match. I'm thinking that's what it is, and you don't really have to go far for your sample because it's always on your head, right?
1: Well, I wouldn't cover up a bald spot if I was doing that. I'd spray my my hair a different color. Like, why not be blonde or why not be a, a brunette?
0: Well, then you're gonna have people asking, "Does the carpet match the drapes?" And then you're gonna have a lot of spleening <laughs> to do.
1: Oh yeah, if you don't get the eyebrows, at least yeah, you're you're you're, you're giving yourself away.
0: Like, unless you're you're uh, what what you call it? Uh, Oh, my God. My pregnancy brain doesn't let me think about anyone's name anymore. Oh. Oh, my God. I His name is on the tip of my freaking tongue. Dennis Rodman. Oh,
1: right. You can't, gotcha. You can't oh, get, man. like,
0: you can't get the hair to match the eyebrows properly, but he did it all oh, the time. Well,
1: his hair was a rainbow.
0: Yeah, he had leopard print. He had, you know, all these multiple colors, and he rocked it back then. That was the, the early 90s, you know what I mean? So... I think yep. Dennis Rodman gave Eminem the idea to dye his hair blonde, truly.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I could see that happening. Because Great. I think he would have been rising up the ranks on, uh, you know uh, on in Detroit just around the same time Rodman was, right?
0: Exactly, because Rodman played for the Pistons in the beginning, in case people didn't know. Uh, and if mm-hmm. you didn't know, you should watch The Last Dance on Netflix. Oh my god, I literally cry every single episode because it's like... Um, whatchamacallit, Jordan got drafted the the year I was born, like, basically the month I was born. So, like, right. I feel like a kinship to him because he got drafted April <laughs> April 1984. That's my birthday.
1: Right, oh, both have some reason to celebrate. All
0: right? So, like, I was, like, seven days old, and the greatest uh, basketball player of all time started to play basketball. And I got lucky enough to watch him play basketball and watch him play baseball and then watch Space Jam in the movie theater when it first came out. I still have the movie Space Jam. I even have, do you remember back in the day, they had um, Space Jam coins?
1: Were they like the McDonald's thing or yeah. something? Yeah,
0: I still yeah. have my Space Jam coin.
1: <laughs> They're going to stop you when the bad guys come in?
0: I'm telling you, like, it's just, I I, I feel a kinship to this man, and, and Sean does too, because Sean was like a really, really... Um, great athlete back in his day like he played baseball as well he played hockey he would have basically gone pro if like he would have raised his voice a little sooner but I'm kind of well, happy maybe
1: we are gonna give birth to a basketball star then
0: you never know I used to play basketball I used to play volleyball too right and uh, you never know because both of us are tall and our, our, our fathers are tall so and she's pretty She's pretty big already. She's basically six and a half pounds at this point.
1: Oh, wow. And yeah. She only has a few more weeks to go.
0: Yeah, no, I'm due on the Good 8th of June. Good luck to mom. Thanks, my vagina. My poor <laughs> vagina. I'm going to tell them to put an extra stitch in there.
1: But Yeah, anyways, you might need a little damage control when it's all done.
0: <laughs> I told Sean. Sean's like, so you're telling me we're not going to be able to have sex for six weeks after? I'm like... Well, if we're lucky, it might happen sooner, but that's what they say. It's about six weeks. Like, oh, no. My mouth isn't giving birth, so we're good there. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah,
1: I, I don't think too much sex happens right after birth anyway. Yeah. It's just you got a lot of other things to worry about.
0: Yep, unfortunately. Unfortunately, right? No. Yeah. But uh, I, as I was saying, I'm like, we could talk about my punani all day and the many <laughs> colors of the rainbow of hair that we both had, but I want to get into your uh, your work at the freaking Pentagon, dude. What did you see? What do you know? Tell us, tell us, tell us before the government cuts us off again.
1: <laughs> All right, well, I better spit this out really quick. But yeah, uh, I hey, could
0: already hear the helicopters flying over your house as soon as I said, "Tell us, Pentagon." It's like yeah. warning, <laughs> Will Robinson, warning, danger. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, you know what? I had a career in IT, uh, and during that career in IT, most of the time there's not too many exciting stories. but this was actually a good one because it was right after my divorce, and I was switching from being a contractual person to a full-time employee, and I landed like, like a full-time uh, employee a job at some company. And I just asked him in the interview, Hey, you know, who are your clients? And they kind of gave like that information. will be revealed on a need to know basis kind of reply oh, to it. Shit, so it's I'm like, all right, sure. Why not? So anyway, what year so, was this? Oh, this is, I think I'm talking about about 2015 now. Oh, wow. So yeah. So it's, it's not too long ago, but uh, so anyway, so this was I'm
0: during the work- Obama era.
1: That's right. This was during the Obama era and Obamacare and all the other wonderful things that came out of it. God, I miss that guy. But anyway, (laughs) uh, anyway, so
0: millions of others. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, no kidding. That's right. Anyway, so I show up on the first day and they tell me they're like, well, your our clients are the U.S. Reserve Forces and the U.S. National Guard. And I'm like, why is a company in Toronto working for these people kind of thing? But it was actually pretty rewarding work because we actually partnered with another company in Alaska. And together we were making like a whole bunch of cool software that did a whole bunch of event planning so that, you know, kids could get together their parents before they get shipped overseas. And other applications that were trying to track post-traumatic stress disorder and things like that. So... It was really good work, and I was on the front lines. I was actually talking to the client. So whenever I had to go to a business trip and I had to go actually talk to the client, I would actually be sitting right in the middle of either the National Guard headquarters in Washington or the Pentagon to actually meet the clients. Yeah. So it was, it was, I know that sounds really exciting, but you know what? There are some dragging points to it, too. The security in the Pentagon is even worse than the security at the airport. And if you can imagine, imagine going through all those metal detectors and everything once to get on your flight and doing it again the same day when, before you arrive for your meeting, it, it's just a bit of a grind.
0: Now, what if you were to have like a Prince Albert or like a nipple ring or something like that? Like, you're, you you're, know, the alarm would you, go off every single time, would it not? <laughs>
1: no, I uh, think pretty much you'd have to just say, look, I need a severe pat down here. I'm not going to make it through that metal detector, no matter how hard I try.
0: Oh, my God. So they would actually have to get you guys to, like, strip down and show the, uh, the thing every single time you would go through it?
1: No, but they like to affectionately call it the severe pat-down kind of thing. And then, Or if you didn't, you'd have to, you know, if you didn't get the severe pat-down, you'd better hope you don't have any of those objects, and you go right through the, the, the metal detector, right?
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah, so the interesting part about all of this is when you're actually in the Pentagon and you're in the National Guard headquarters, first off, I have a beard, right? It's a little beard, mustache kind of thing. And the only people that have beards in the army are those special forces, you know, the ones that they would drop right in the middle of Afghanistan Ooh-ha! so they could, they could fit in with the locals, right? So anyway, so everyone would give me like a second look, like, who is that guy with a beard looking at me as some sort of, you know, stand-up royalty kind of thing? But the other thing, even walking around the hallways is pretty surreal, too, because you can't walk around that place unless you have an escort. If you're a visitor,
0: really? you know, you have a
1: special badge that covers it out. So, of course, the clients that we we're meeting, like me being a guy, I would meet a women client. So this was all great, except what happens when you need to go to the washroom? Oh, shit. you got to have a woman escort you to the washroom. And then what are you going to do? Ask her to come in with you? That's a little
0: creepy. That'll get you kicked out of the Pentagon.
1: They really didn't think this through kind of thing. So, of course, you know, you'd have to go into the washroom, and if you passed anyone when you go to the washroom, you just sort of cover up your visitor's badge and make (coughs) that kind of coughing thing just to try to so no one pips you out. So... And it's kind of interesting, and everything in that building is labeled, too. It's got, like, a, you know, a reference to the floor, to the ring, to the uh, ring number, to everything. So, even if you're taking a piss, you're looking at this 1311-5 number kind of thing, and you stall? see it everywhere you
0: go. So, instead of, like, you know, call Becky for a good time, you're looking at random numbers, like you're in prison?
1: I think even the glory hole had a number above it. <laughs> Ew. you know, just to make sure it's really efficient to meet people. So, but, you know, the other thing, too, the Pentagon, you know, it seems really like a bright, vibrant white building. But when you get into it, you know, you walk around the outer ring where the windows are, and everything looks just exactly like that, cheery, bright, flags everywhere, thank you to all the NATO countries. But the moment you actually go into your meeting room, you work deeper and deeper and deeper into those rings, and it just becomes like a labyrinth. Like, there's no windows anymore, right? So everything's dark and everything's seriously old. There's, like, hundred-year-old tables and stuff like that everywhere. So it gets to be, like, a real surreal experience. And your cell phones don't work there and everything. So it's almost like you're walking back in time. Weird. Yeah, yeah. So do
0: people have, like, flip phones in there or are they using, like, Androids?
1: oh, you know what, Like, no one's even using a phone because the deeper you get into that building, the less cell phone coverage you have, right? So there's
0: literally like landlines that you have to use in order to get a hold of someone within the building.
1: Pretty much, yeah. yeah. You wow. pick up the phone, you dial an extension, and there you go kind of thing. The only time you see the uh, cell phones is when you see the people in that inner courtyard there. Because it was kind of interesting, they used to put false information out that all the top generals used to eat in the middle of the courtyard. So all the Russians would plan on, and their, their enemies would plan on dropping right in the courtyard, but it was actually the opposite. All the generals were eating in, like, the generals' restaurants that was on the outer end of the Pentagon. So, Jeez. you know, you just pick up on these little stories when you go in there every time, and it's just this unique place that you just don't forget.
0: That's pretty crazy. Like, you physically yeah. went into the... Like, that to me is insane, that you are actually physically inside the Pentagon. Now, here's my question. You know the area where uh, the airplane <clears throat> flew into?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, that area, that ring, yep.
0: It, like, is it completely constructed now? Is it? Does it look yeah. like yeah. the yeah. rest of the place? How did they manage to, like, kind of... And how many people, like, how many people actually died? Because from what I remember, no, no one even, like, got hurt. And that place is always packed, is it not?
1: Well, yes, yes and yes. I mean, I think most of the injuries, thank God, were the people actually on the plane yeah, themselves, yeah. more so than people in the buildings. But yeah, it, it, the Pentagon got hit right on one of its rings. And it has been constructed back. And it honestly looks so much like the rest of the structure. Now, the only way you could even tell that was the part that got hit was because it had uh, you know, a memorial sign on it commemorating wow. all the people that gave their lives and stuff there. So
0: the coloring is all the same and everything co- coincidentally, yeah, yeah. which is to me, it's kind of odd considering the Pentagon is so old. Like you think about it this way. Let's say I paint my wall uh, today and then 10 days later, 10 day, 10 years later, I repaint the same wall with the same paint color. Wouldn't the paint look newer compared to the wall that's essentially been there for 10 years? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, you'd really have to stare at it for a long time to be able to pick out the I would be staring. I would
0: probably smoke enough weed to just stand there and look <laughs> at it and go, do you see the color variants, you guys? Because I see the color variants. Or I don't see the color variants, depending on how conspiracy theorists driven i was
1: <laughs> <laughs> remind me never to show you the paint job i did at my place <laughs> oh
0: depend what, what were you trying to hide behind that paint job
1: <laughs> i think it was more of a rush thing uh, but okay. hey nope back to that pentagon i mean i think they honestly wanted to try to make it look like everything's okay this is back to normal so that's why they did such a good job of blending it in so well
0: how long do you think that took to actually fix because we never really even got any news at, as to any of that because i know when you know rest in peace everyone that died at nine eleven. 11 when that happened because i was in new york the year before it happened and then the year after and i saw like the the site i i saw at that point it was just like a crater in the ground you know what i mean so right. um they were keeping us updated on the the rebuild of the the area and, and what was going on but we never actually really heard about you know the rebuild of the pentagon and when it was actually rebuilt so to me that's like it's it's like one of those things it's just like we don't know it kind of just happened like you know parents say with kids we didn't realize how fast this child grew but they went from newborn to like teenage within a split second essentially you know what i mean like
1: yeah yeah time just flies by and to be honest i don't quite know how long it took but from what i hear it was pretty quick I mean, I think I think, again, they just wanted to make it look like, hey, terrorists, you haven't beat us. We're business back to normal. And look, like all your your wasted effort went for naught, Right. Wow. Yeah. So, How long did you do that for? So I did that job for about five years.
0: And did you learn anything that you can tell us?
1: (laughs) You know, other than a few good stories. uh, No, no. I'm afraid I have to take the rest of that information to my grave.
0: Damn can, you, can you write a, a little tell-all and leave it within, like, some sort of uh, area? Like, you know how they did in Shawshank? Like, put it in the ground and then leave us, like, a trail to follow. Do that for me. I will find <laughs> this information and I will read it after.
1: Like a treasure map? Exactly. Maybe, like, our, make an episode Door the Explorer?
0: Yes, it'll be like Yeah, you're going to be watching Explorer. it anyway
1: pretty soon, right? What's that? You're going to be watching Dora and Diego very soon. Oh, uh,
0: I don't know about Dora and Diego. I'll probably, like, watch Teletoon or or uh, Pokeroo or or the Ananas show. Like, you know, my my child yeah. will be watching multilingual things, like uh, the things that we used to watch when we were kids, like the Smoggies and stuff like that. Things that made <laughs> us normal, not absolutely backstreet. Yeah, like, you know, Lamb Chops Play Along and... Uh, and, uh, the big comfy couch and, uh, you know, some gushing stuff. Oh, God, Russian I remember stuff. when
1: those shows made me so happy. Right. Now I need the... to smoke weed to watch those shows. I didn't
0: either. Because I was a child and I didn't even know what weed was at that point. But, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, like, I find the shows now. My my friends, they have kids and they're watching, like, Peppa Pig. And her children have British accents.
1: De- yeah. That's really weird. I still remember my kids saying, Dad, why are they talking different? And I'd right. explain the concept of an accent to Well, them. it's
0: funny because, like, I don't care. My, my family has accents, but, like, you're raising your kids in Canada and, and somehow your children have British accents. I laugh so hard because they go, Mummy, Daddy. And it's just like, You're Canadian. <laughs> like, what the? Hell? <laughs> I'm like, when, when did you get children from, from Britain? You know what I mean? So I see how, like, how much of a sponge they are. So I'm like, if I'm going to have my kids, like, retain stuff, I'd rather them retain, like, uh, you know, Russian things, French things. uh, Things, basically, that I used to watch when I was a kid that helped me retain languages. You know, that's how how I am able to speak these languages.
1: Sometimes a cool accent is really sexy.
0: Uh, You know, they will have cool accents because their grandparents are very Russian and have very thick Russian accents, and what better accent to have than a very mob-like, thick Russian accent that will scare the shit out of anyone who tries to do anything.
1: Oh, they'll, they'll think you're, like, you know, some sort of uh, bad guy out of a uh, supervillain. Who cares? Every time that At upset. least the
0: supervillains don't get messed r- with, basically, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, oh my God, it's the James Bond bad guy, run!
0: Exactly. And then they'll be able to have free lunches, Free healthcare. We don't have to tell them it's free in Canada. They'll just think because of their thick Russian accent, they they get it for free, you know. No, I'm not gonna, you know, grand delusions of grandeur or whatever the hell that would be for a child. I'm not gonna fucking scar them. But you know what I mean. Like my child is gonna watch like old school stuff where they weren't afraid to like insult people and then make them laugh at the same time. I don't want them to to
1: have (laughs) Uh, false hope of the world just sitting them right beside you and watching the same movies you watched at that age.
0: Right? Like I'll start them off with the first movie I remember, The Fly, like it's a great one.
1: Oh, you know, hey, with my kids, I just my daughter when she I was the same age as her and she actually picked it on Netflix, she found The Dark Crystal. Oh, you know, we have the that original, movie. That's the a Muppet great movie. one with like the puppets and everything. Yeah. Oh man, that movie is still just as good now as it was back then.
0: It was fant- it's fantastic. We have The Dark Crystal. We have willow we have page master uh what else is great
1: um oh willow is good actually i gotta admit the harry potters are like the new movies of the the kids generation it is
0: harry Potter's great but I, i'm gonna have my child read the books like i did back in the day like remember i feel like they didn't do the lion the witch in the wardrobe any justice
1: uh, they yeah, kind of failed know...
0: those movies because the way that i remember reading them was more harry potter like and they kind of made it more like princess diaries
1: (laughs) yeah hollywood yeah hollywood has gotten pretty good at making um movies that are as good as the books like the harry potters but that one you're right i watched the movie i'm like this does not do it for me like the book did
0: it's garbage like it was literally garbage i'm like what is this like it feels like the even though they had it on screen it feels like it was lacking imagination is it does that make sense like it just it feels like it was rushed just like a lot yeah. of things in Hollywood. I'm thinking I'm hoping that this quarantine will bring out the imagination in people and they got they went a little bit crazy like the the screenwriters and everything to like think of different types of scenarios and figure out <laughs> new stories to tell us cuz like all of these recycled stories from our past um yeah well there's not, there's not much reaction. they can do
1: they can't make more movies but you know what in the same way that when world war ii ended there was a boom of babies that hit i think this covid thing and that self-isolation is going to end and a boom of movies are going to hit
0: i hope so well there you know there's going to be a boom of babies come december and january and february
1: <laughs> yeah i think you're probably right like november babies
0: yeah because when did it start like basically started in in march March, yeah, April, May, June, right. July, August, September, October, November. So November, December, yeah. January, February, depending on how long they're in isolation.
1: They There's going to be, be a lot of kids that are going to be disappointed on Christmas because it's going to be their birthday.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I can happily tell my child they were a baby pre-COVID.
1: <laughs> and, uh, they're going to be six months older than their classmates. huh?
0: Yeah. Oh, it's going to be fun.
1: Did yeah. you get it to work? we got to get out of this self-isolation. I I'm, I'm, I need a haircut.
0: <laughs> you and me both, buddy. My child's <laughs> not going to be happy with, with my face. I literally, my eyebrows look like one eyebrow. I look like Bert and yeah. Ernie.
1: Hey, you know what? I was growing like the COVID beard for a while there because the only person I trusted to cut my beard was my barber. <laughs> and, of course, he kind of disappeared. And it was getting pretty crazy there. So finally, I decided to trim it. Just the advice of my girlfriend, give it a trim, and I cut it. And I scared my daughter. She didn't even want to come near me because I looked too creepy.
0: <laughs> well, that's why Sean decided to uh, shave his beard uh, before the baby's born so that the baby can see him without the beard first.
1: And oh, he's the exact opposite of me. I started growing my beard when my son was born, and my kids haven't even seen me without a beard before.
0: Oh, my God. It's going to be pretty funny, though, if... Uh if uh, she sees it and she's going to be like who the hell is this and then <laughs> so that's why I think hey. he's doing the reverse like he has no beard now and then he'll have one probably when she's six months and then he'll shave it again so she can see him with and without you know
1: yeah well hey i went november one year and i started clean shaving and so i had to shave off a beard and be clean shaven for a bit and then start growing a mustache back the moment I shaved off, everyone looked at me and just said, "You're growing that back, right?" I'm like, I guess I am now.
0: <laughs> oh my god,
1: that would be so, hilarious. Not much choice. I don't know. It's like uh, I don't think women we don't really like the beards, do they?
0: I like his. I like his beard yeah. a lot. Yeah. It grew on me. Okay. I like him, like with the uh, with the stubble, with the six o'clock shadow or the whatever clock shadow it is. I try yeah. to enjoy it, you know. When he doesn't but, you know, have it, I love. have a
1: long beard or you like the short beard?
0: I like the short beard. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the long beard, like the slipknot beard. I'm I'm not a big fan <laughs> of
1: that. So if, if I you can, braid it yeah. Long. If
0: I can braid your beard, you've gone a little too far. I tell <laughs> him if it's like my my pubic area. If you can braid my pubic area, I've gone a little <laughs> too far. <laughs> so we had that compromise.
1: <laughs> fair enough hey whatever oh works gosh,
0: that's hilarious uh, but what was i gonna say so after you left the pentagon where did you go
1: so then all of a sudden i took uh, i came i was still in canada but i had uh, i took some government jobs there so when Hi. i say government i mean i was working for the ministry of finance and i'm gonna stop there because i cannot make the job sound any more exciting than that well, yeah. but uh you dealt, then
0: our, I, you dealt with our money and you you uh figured out where it's actually going so tell us sir Tell us for sure where our money is actually going.
1: I choose not to comment on that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they sure don't tell me. <laughs> but uh, then I just transitioned on to working at the LCBO for a good 17 months there. And uh, I know it's uh, the LCBO hasn't been doing much, but I kind of jumped in right at the right time because... We, our team was the project that, I don't know if you heard about this, started doing delivery of alcohol.
0: Yeah, because you guys took away the uh, 1-800-Dial-A-Bottle people's jobs. You figured uh, out that they're doing something right, and you're like, oh, maybe I can do the same thing.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I think it was between them and Uber Eats and everything, but, you know, hey, God bless the 1-800-Dial-A-Bottle because we've got good news is because ever since COVID, or we've now abandoned it, so they're going to get their jobs back. How's that for uh, COVID creating jobs?
0: Well, I'm going to take that idea to Dragon's Den then.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going it's to fly really well. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I was, we're just working at the LCBO, and, um, you know, you learn a lot about wine there and everything else. And, uh, yeah, there's not really much more I can say. I wasn't serving the, the alcohol or anything. I was going to the headquarters, and I was just doing IT work for them and uh you know and and when i was working for the lcbo uh that's where i i just met my girlfriend virginia vidal
0: and
1: yeah yeah and it was kind of cool because i started to realize by that point that you know working in it as wonderful as it was and and all the financial um freedoms that it gave me it really was starting to feel like something that I didn't want to do for the rest of my life yeah
0: well once you realize what you actually want to do it's kind of hard not to, to pursue it especially if you have the opportunity to do so you know what I mean because yeah. not, not a lot of people are able like yourself to, to have a vision to have a dream and then just say fuck it I'm just going to follow it because you know there's plenty of other things that come into play when it comes to people following their dreams whether it's them being apprehensive of, you know, finances or actually scared because they're, they're holding themselves back or even people in their corner saying, you know, why are you going to give a, a set thing of uh, a steady paycheck to go follow this dream of yours, you know what I mean? So do yeah. you, you have to kind of, like, block out all those naysayers and, like, the haters and kind of say, fuck you guys, I believe in myself and I'm going to do something that I've always wanted to do
1: yeah and you know what it's also stepping all all of that sounds to me like just stepping out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. you know comfort as wonderful as it is and as wonderful as the advertisements make it out to be over the long term it ends up suffocating you in my opinion oh, yeah. you know it keeps keeps you from trying to push yourself further, it keeps you trying to take a chance, and you know after a while it becomes kind of boring, so to speak. And, you know, I think that's what was kind of summarizing what feelings I was going through at that point. You know, I just and when I finally realized what it was, it was kind of I've spent my whole career trying to fulfill someone else's dream. I really never took a chance and pursued my own dream. And I knew that if I, I, you know, before I go become 90 years old and is rocking in my rocking chair and wondering how my life went I knew at that point I would want to have gone back and said fuck it I took a chance yep. yeah you know I want to I want to you know go ahead and I want to try something new and you know that's when I met Virginia as well and she changed my life she I mean she mine was mine too yeah I know yeah. isn't she amazing she honestly and he...
0: probably one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life and I now can't I, I truly can't picture my life without her just cause Hi. she's, she's something like, you know how people talk about special people in this world that literally like their hearts are on their sleeves. Well, she's exactly like that. Like I, I love her and I, I, I can't say I'm literally starting to tear up cause I'm so fucking emo right now. But like she literally like by her saying yes to being our sponsor, it was just like, almost a a breath of fresh air and it was that that push that I actually needed to say you know I am doing the right thing with this and like I should pursue it and I'm actually fucking crying right now because I'm such a little bitch right now
1: oh Uh, Lee that's beautiful and you know what I couldn't have said it better myself yeah, you know, I, I I couldn't say I I I I could I I couldn't say it as well as you could. I mean, Virginia is just absolutely amazing, and she changed my life forever when she agreed to be my girlfriend. And I still remember the wonderful, amazing feeling that came over me that day, and how I've just been carrying that for the last nine months. And she is, <laughs> as well as just being, you know, my my uh, my my partner, my my rock, my my. You know, wonderful source of such amazing emotions and good feelings and happiness that I felt. She's also been my mentor through all of this. And she really did tell me what it's like to be in the cannabis industry, to start up a wonderful uh, business, and to actually pursue a dream and what it was like. And all of a sudden, when I actually had someone in my life that I cared so much about telling me what's involved. The mystery was gone you know all those things that were keeping me from getting out of my comfort zone didn't seem so scary anymore and so it was just right about then that around in october uh when they legalized cannabis edibles that's where i took the dive too and i started just pursuing my own business as well
0: so tell us about uh, your new business and uh, what it entails and and uh tell us tell everybody how you're now my new sponsor
1: no, oh, hey, hey, with pleasure, Lee. I look forward to working with you. <laughs> and, uh, so, hey, the business is uh, producing, is called Rue Juice, and I'll get into the, all the details about how I came up with that name later, but what's coming out for this summer, 2020, is going to be our first product, a passion fruit with mango, THC, and CBD-infused mm. juice.
0: You know you're bringing yeah. me a case of that here, and I'm going to literally, like... And you're coming over, and we're going to talk about this as I take a sip, take a toke, and we're going to be eating a whole whack of stuff while we're doing it.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Bring it on. Can't find a better way to do summer. <laughs> nope. But, uh, you know, it's, it's all good, and you know what? I think you're, we're going to appreciate the weight because, hey, it's made from all natural organic ingredients, so you don't have to feel guilty and has lower sugar than most juices out there. Which is and amazing which is what i wanted it to be because i just knew that hey there might going to be a lot of cannabis drinks coming out uh but why not make one or at least start with one that could also be healthy too well that's and what, that's what
0: a- the main point is nowadays like you have a lot of people like with on the kombucha train and like those mm-hmm. like uh was it the celery drinks that everyone does in the morning where you can literally jump on that too, just be like, yeah, you can. We'll make a CBD infused celery drink that you'll you can drink first thing in the morning. You know what I mean? Zing! Yeah. I just gave you an idea. You're welcome. Um,
1: You're the best, Lee.
0: <laughs> but uh, I'm just thinking, like, you literally came at the best time where everyone's trying to, and especially after this quarantine, you know, everyone's going to try to stay healthier because everyone that I know has gained at least 15 pounds sitting at home eating. Because the only workout oh, they're the getting is from the fridge to the couch to the fridge to the couch. And to yeah, a Zoom meeting that's a like a they just
1: waiting in their basement for a pandemic to hit, right? right? Right.
0: And then they realize they didn't buy the right battery for the treadmill and they have to go to, like, the states and get it. And right now the borders are closed because, you know, they don't want, uh, the Canadians don't want the American germs back in here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? It's not just those borders, too. I mean, it's, it's international borders. It's all those spots people went on vacation. It's all those people with homes in Florida. Like, that's all locked down for them, too.
0: Which is pretty crazy, because they're still having to pay for those homes, and they can't even go there.
1: Yeah, and they're watching it devalue, too, I'm sure, as well, because I don't think it's going to be uh, doing great things to the real estate market.
0: I am so happy about that, I'm not going to lie, because I might actually be able to afford a home soon. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. There's the bright side to this quarantine. The housing market's going to drop significantly in Toronto, and people like myself are actually going to be able to buy a house.
1: Yay, way to go. There's always a good side to every story, isn't there?
0: I I try to find the bright side in this chaotic time that we're in. (laughs) Yay, the eternal
1: (laughs) optimist. This world needs more people like you. I know, but right
0: now I'm only optimistic because I have no other place to go but up because if i if I, le- if I let my pessimism control me then uh then we're really going to be hitting a dark time and nobody wants that.
1: Yeah, that's right. You got to keep making people smile. <laughs> you have a purpose of uh, of that. So I know,
0: right? My purpose is to make you laugh even when you think I'm a batshit crazy or absolutely silly for shit, you know?
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's always a, like I said, everyone needs people like that in their life. So, hey, I promised you the story about how I came up with the name so yeah. of the product. So, anyway, you know, when we were getting when I was starting off, like, right, as you said, new industry, exciting to be in. Everyone's making mistakes. Everyone's learning from them. Right time to be there. I wanted to be part of this. And the only trouble is is that I had to come up with a name. And talking to the trademark lawyer was just, like, the worst, the first roadblock. I shouldn't say the worst. He was actually a really great lawyer, but he was um, – he just was giving me bad news all the time. Hey, what about this name? No, taken. What about this one? Taken. This one? Taken. And it was actually the first piece of stressor that I had in this whole journey so far. Yeah, I mean, you know, it made me realize I mean, it's good. not going to be an easy climb up that hill. And so Virginia and I went on just a wonderful vacation to Cancun together. I remember and that. Yeah. Oh, that was such a wonderful time. And she had her birthday down there. And we were just sitting there at a pagoda on a beach. And the only sound that there was was just the crashing of the waves and you know, the, breeze, the ocean breeze. And I know it's, it sounds noisy, but to me that sounds like a calm quietness.
0: Yeah, to me you it know, is just a calm quietness. The best sound in the world is water hitting some rocks or even like the ocean sounds. Like That's why they, even with sound machines, that's one of the best noises that they have and most often use is uh, the ocean noise.
1: Yeah, it's like a calm, quiet, peacefulness, yeah. and I took that feeling, and that's what inspired me at the time, so I looked up just some words, and I found a word in German, Rue. it's actually pronounced Rua, but Ruhe, uh, let's just say, R-U-H-E, uh, is directly translated, means a quiet, peaceful, calm, hmm. and so anyway, so I just reflected everything I had in that moment, I'm like, that's it, Ru. Ru juice. And so that's how I came up with the name Roo Juice, and I took that back. And sure enough, it wasn't patented, it wasn't trademarked. It was, it was all free and ready to go. So once I came up with the name, that was where all the fun began. You know, then you do all the branding, you get the swag going, you get the website and everything, and uh, yeah, and that's honestly where we are today. We're just about to submit our product to Health Canada for the sixty-day approval. Uh, deal with a few production issues, and then we'll be hitting the shelves on in summer.
0: That's amazing. I cannot wait for you guys to do the release party. I am there, baby or no baby, I will be there.
1: Oh, That's awesome, yeah, for sure. And you
0: know what? We might even broadcast live from there if you allow it.
1: Hey, a lot of good things coming this summer then.
0: I'm telling you, this summer I think is going to be one of the best summers ever just because we've had it so rough. And people yeah. are just so cautious now that uh, there's no... The only place to go is up at this point, you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, 2020's been a drag so far. It really you has. talk about the forest fires and the, the war threats and the pandemic, like, oh my God, it's got to get better from here.
0: Oh my God, I'm telling you, it's just... It, it's It's been pretty crazy this year. You can't... I think I, I read somewhere, it's like, whoever's playing Jumanji, can you stop now, please? <laughs> <laughs> One of the best things I read this year. I'm like, this is pretty freaking funny. Um, hey, you
1: know, and, and maybe it's fateful. Like, you know, your baby's going to come into the year right at the time when it's going to flip over and just become fun again.
0: I, it was funny because I told Sean, I'm like, she's going to be like the second coming of Christ, basically. Religious people, don't come at me. I, mean, I, I, I say it with laughter because, you know, he's Catholic, he's Roman Catholic and I'm Jewish, right? So to me, it's like if she comes and then like the pandemic ends, it's just going to be like, I knew it. <laughs> and then that will be a story to tell her for sure. I'm like, baby, the day you came, the pandemic ended.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We finally stopped taking away from this world and putting it, putting stuff back.
0: Exactly. Because like, this year I've, even going to the hospitals like it's just crazy like you just see now when I started going it was women and their partners and everything like that and now the only people that are allowed in there are are the pregnant women so you're just literally just seeing pregnant women and the doctors and nurses and everyone's wearing like hazmat suits basically in the hospital and it's just freaking scary as heck.
1: Oh, no kidding. And what about the other side of it, too? Like, I I hear some hospitals aren't even letting the dad be in the waiting room anymore.
0: Yeah, well, that's what it is. Like, uh, right now, Sean will be allowed to be in the room with me as long as he's not experiencing symptoms. But uh, after after that, I don't know if he's allowed to stay because my buddy's wife gave birth. She had a C-section and he was told that he had to go home. He couldn't even stay with her after she gave birth to the baby.
1: Oh, that's so tough.
0: It's scary, you know, like, it's literally the scariest time of your life, and, and they're basically telling you that the person who gives you the most calm can't be there with you because of uh, a stupid clerical thing, because, you know, they're just trying to be safe. But at the same time, you're by yourself in this unknown area, trying to stay well, calm while, while you're, you're basically healing from a hole in you.
1: Yeah, no kidding. And, you know, just when you want company, you can't get it. Wow. I mean, I remember when my son was born and my daughter, too. I when I I held that baby in my arms for the first time and I walked around the entire hospital and I looked at every single person I met and said, hey, everyone, this is my son. (laughs) And and And, you know, I still remember the feeling I had, the sense of purpose, elation, and everything. Wow. I can't even imagine that being taken away from all the new dads out there
0: pretty crazy like that we haven't even met their son like everything that we've done like uh was through zoom like that's all we're doing is zooming now zoom meetings zoom zoom uh uh you know birthdays zoom um baby showers like i actually had to h- cancel my baby shower because of this pandemic sean right and I, sean and i couldn't get married because of this pandemic it's yeah it's pretty nuts like it's
1: it's it, it's tough. It's tough timing there. Yeah. So I feel for you guys on this one.
0: Uh, it's okay. What doesn't kill me will only make me stronger. As I say this before I give birth and when I can actually <laughs> die.
1: <laughs> oh, well, you know, obviously that's true. Look how well you turned out.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I'm telling you, Al, I am so excited. Cause when, uh, when Virginia told me about, uh, your new venture, I was just like, really And she told me what it was, and I got really excited. I'm like, well, I guess I have another new sponsor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, with pleasure. See, now you can't
0: take it back. You said it on air. So you guys, look at that. We have Roo Juice as the fourth sponsor of The Virgin and the Whore. We're all about the cannabis. Even though I can't touch it right now, you know I will be touching it as soon as it's out. Thank you for, like, you know... Being in my life and and taking care of my, I I don't consider Virginia a sponsor. I consider her uh, a friend. So thank you for taking care of my friend, and being good to her. I know that you know, any woman who can who can say that to a man who's a f- who's with her f- good friend means it. So I appreciate you taking care of my friend. Cause uh. if you don't take care of my friend, you know I'm Russian, and you know what we can do. You can't see I, me, but I have the whole I'm-watching-you thing going on right now.
1: Uh, don't worry, I won't mess.
0: <laughs> you better not.
1: But I promise to keep her heart safe for you, Lee.
0: You better, because now it's literally... I can't take it back because this is being recorded, and and if something does happen to you, the feds will be after me.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, you can always wish us well, too.
0: I, You know I always wish you well. That's the number one thing, is I wish everybody well. I hope that no one... You know ever does anything Within their relationship that makes it Break up and if it Makes you happy and if it makes them Happy then by all means stay happy But if you're not then talk To one another and work through it And if anything be friends and Get off at the right Circumstances and whatever but like For me it's always the happiness is Within the couple and Just be adults about it You know
1: yeah and you know what Communication is that key And it took me almost all my relationship life to bring that into my current relationship right now. And Virginia and I, honestly, we talk so much. Like, we literally talk for an hour and a half at night, and then we wake up the next day, and we're texting each other good morning.
0: See, you guys, you have to hear that. Now we've turned into the communication and relationship show. Communication is always key. And right Do now ca- this here, everyone. Well, the thing is, like right now the, the divorce rate apparently has skyrocketed because all of these relationships that rely on like the 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 men and the women to basically ignore each other until like they either need money or their dick sucked or something like that. Their their yeah. relationships are breaking down because they actually have nothing to talk about and they truly hate each other and they realize how much they hate each other because they can't and move four in walls. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny actually. You know what? That would be a great show.
1: Oh, just on uh, the the what the the unhappy relationships out yeah, there.
0: Yeah, like that would be an amazing show to to watch. Like think about it though, like quarantine. Yeah, like you're you're all happy within the quarantine and then you realize how unhappy you really are in that quarantine, and then the relationship starts breaking down. It's probably not the funniest show, but it could. It could be a pretty funny show, if you think about it.
1: <laughs> well, I guess so. I mean, talking about unhappiness is probably something a lot of people can relate to.
0: It would probably be considered a
1: dramedy. Is that, yeah. a, is that a category? You know, like a, kind of like a How Bad Does Your Life Suck episode.
0: Yeah, like you remember the, the show Unhappily Ever After?
1: Uh, yeah, actually.
0: Everyone compared it to Married with Children because it was kind of like a rip of Married with Children, but it had like that floppy bunny in the basement that only the dad could talk to.
1: Right, gotcha. Uh,
0: uh, That was a great show.
1: You know, I never gave it much of a chance, but I think it's coming back to me now.
0: Uh, That was a great show. I
1: think I saw the pilot episode and it was pretty good.
0: It was. Honestly, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, if they had that on Netflix, I'd watch it. But I don't think it was on for many years. I think it was only on for, like, two or three maybe seasons.
1: Yeah, what are we going to do when society runs out of things to watch on Netflix?
0: I don't know, but I've been watching, like, all the old school shows. Like, we recently just started watching Modern Family. I
1: right. avoided,
0: yeah, I avoided watching Modern Family because, like, I knew that it was going to go to Netflix eventually, and I'm like, I don't want to wait for seasons on end. Which is basically what I did with Game of Thrones. I never got into Game of Thrones until the last season. Oh,
1: you. I didn't get into it until
0: the last season. And then I got so
1: disappointed
0: because I watched literally all of the seasons of Game of Thrones within a month of the show ending
1: oh my god, that's some serious binge watching. Yeah. How do you do it? Some of those episodes, like, made me freaked out for days. I'm like, Ugh. it.
0: It was tough, but I had, like, a coworker who, like, was really into it, so I kind of had to, we were kind of talking about it, and then I got caught up right where the uh, the White Walker King got killed by this certain person that we're not going to mention, because that was a huge thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a kick-ass episode. It was so badass. I'm
0: telling you, that episode should have been the conclusion of the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because
0: that... I was so angry, and I was that person who literally didn't watch it until the the show was ending and i'm like so you're telling me i would have had to wait a decade for that shitty ass ending i am so glad i didn't waste (laughs) my time (laughs) you
1: you, you didn't suffer like the rest of us did
0: no no i literally was so happy that i did not wait 10 years to get so highly disappointed
1: And there were people that were in pools to try to see who would win, and oh man, they must have gotten kicked in the ass twice.
0: Oh, I I felt very sorry for them. I still feel sorry for them, because they were in actual pools, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Alan, I'm telling it's it's 53 after, so we literally have like seven minutes left of this podcast, believe it or not.
1: Oh damn, wow, time flies.
0: Yeah, time flies. That's why we usually do like two, three hours sometimes, but now when it's over the phone it's just like oh i really wish i could have the person here and we can talk and like interact but me and you have always been okay over the phone so i'm like yeah this should be easy peasy
1: hey that's great well we know we'll have to do it again sometime then we can pass a joint
0: um you know we're definitely gonna have to do it again you're gonna oh, do, yeah. you're, i think you should be like a, a regular thing when it comes to as soon as uh we open up the the gates of Everyone can come over. I'm gonna have like a dinner party, and I'll try to invite all of my sponsors to come. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, at least bring our own products. We'll have a kick-ass
0: things, party. I'm telling you, we have uh, Virginia's tea. We have your juice. I have my marijuana sponsor, so they'll bring some edibles. They'll bring some pot. <laughs> <laughs> and I
1: think uh, we better bring some snacks too. Like I chips, will definitely so. make
0: snacks. I remembered now that Virginia is a vegetarian, so I will make some vegetarian snacks um i think you've gone vegetarian too have you not? i
1: have gone vegetarian now it wasn't actually just because of virginia although she did have a big role to play in it i was a meat eater like serious carnivore i used to cook the most kick-ass ribs on the barbecue and everything and then all of a sudden we sat down and virginia and i watched the show game changers netflix documentary all about these professional athletes who are vegetarian and in it they actually decided like you know uh, um take your take a week give yourself a week and just go vegetarian for a week yeah and then they started measuring these athletes from different perspective their running their ability even the number of erections they had at night all of that stuff went up and they started going to vegetarian so anyway i went to vegetarian i gave it the one week challenge and i still remember just you know just putting all the meat in the freezer and Moving all the fresh veggies in, and just, just you know, like learning how to cook some vegetarian dishes because damn, you got to put a lot more work into cooking vegetarian dishes. Oh yeah, but you know, I went there in a week, and honestly, I never felt better. Never well, felt better. You, so you know I, what?
0: The promise of better boners will always start the men off happily.
1: I've then... been, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 told that's happening too. So
0: <laughs> there you go. That's always a good start. So If you tell oh, a man, yeah. you know. This will give you a better Saving money f- in the long run. Right? Isn't that prescribed here for free, though?
1: Not for free. That shit's like $10 a pill.
0: What? That's like more than ecstasy was.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. Like, you could probably have other things that could get you going for less money.
0: Yeah, ecstasy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you
0: get to go to the rave, too. Exactly. But you know what? I don't know how E is like nowadays. I know the e of like a, almost a decade ago, probably more than a decade. I'm 36 now, right? So the last time I party partied was when I was 25.
1: So right. It's oh, little... it's still just as intense as it ever was. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah, we had a few I I had a few months back there and yeah, it's 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 still the good time it always was.
0: All right. But I don't know like I miss for me my my ecstasy went hand in hand with the place called The Government.
1: Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I remember that place. It's like, it
0: was, it's more of like a calming place for me, so I don't know if my ecstasy experience will be the same or not.
1: Rebel's Uh, pretty good for that, too.
0: Yeah, but Rebel is the docks, right? It's just like, it's a little
1: different. It's It's called Rebel now, but it'll always be the docks to me.
0: Yeah, to me, too. Can you tell? I'm like, totally aging myself. It's the docks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're not fooling anyone
0: no no that's no, why i just... have uh caesar coming down every so often he's uh, actually one of uh, my fill-in co-hosts that likes to come in and uh, we usually talk about our days clubbing and everything so yeah and now it's a little different because you can go
1: yeah the only thing that's changed now is you can go outside to smoke a joint not just smoke a cigarette right
0: Well, we always used to smoke joints. That's the the best part about the government. If you made friends with the, uh, the security guards, they let you basically do anything. And then it was great. Like, Caesar even agreed with me. Anytime we would smoke a joint on the floor, the DJs would see you smoking a joint. And as soon as you would exhale, they would turn the smoke machines on just to cover it up.
1: <laughs> yeah. I guess you guys are all strategically placed. We
0: were, we were literally right in front of the DJ booth, and he knew what we were doing. And most of the DJs actually recognized us because we were, when certain DJs came to the city, we would always be there. And uh, so they, they, you know, they took care of us because they, they knew we were taking care of them, and we were there for the music. Like a lot of the times, it wasn't even the drugs that kept us there. It was, it was the music, right? So.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, when the music, when you get into the music, nothing's better than, you know, being at like the club and everything with your friends. You know, I just rediscovered the whole club scene once I started dating again. You know, before it seemed, you know, I I did it in my university days and then I had kids and I kind of got out of it. But then all of a sudden, you know, I found myself divorced and going to a club felt like a job, you know, if you're going there to find your happily ever after, you had to work for it. Right. Yeah. Especially nowadays,
0: you never know who's going to be there, but I'm giving you a heads up. We have literally 25 seconds left of the the podcast.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, I better just say, Lee, thanks so much for having me on here. It's been a great chat. It
0: has been awesome, Alan. I really appreciate you coming on and telling us, a couple of stories and uh, letting us know that you will be leaving me a journal that I will be able to read on the air eventually and kind of release some of the secrets of the Pentagon. to be delivered. And thank you for becoming our new sponsor. That's pretty dope. Uh, can't really, like, I truly can't say thank you enough. And we love you guys. Thanks for listening and don't eat too much. Bye.